and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. Before we kick off this podcast, I want to tell you that I'm a little nervous to do it because it's all about behavior, and I am in no way, shape, or form a behavior expert. I do work in the field of applied behavior analysis, but I am not a board-certified behavior analyst, and a lot of what I do with behavior I've learned from my job and from some courses but because I don't have that certification I want to make it very clear that I am just sharing what I've learned along the way but when I go on Instagram to ask people what they want to hear about in my podcast the number one response is about negative behavior and I totally understand why negative behavior has such a huge impact in a lot of our self-contained classrooms How can you possibly begin to think about teaching the ladybug life cycle when you have these intensive behaviors occurring? I completely understand why people want to hear about this, so this podcast is going to be all about an ABC data sheet. I know that seems a little bit boring, but I promise you, using ABC data sheets don't have to be as scary as they seem, and they can really, really help you in these situations. But... ABC data sheets and ABC data are very daunting. It seems really overwhelming to set it up. You might be asking yourself, how can I possibly find time to collect this data during the day? And then what do you do if you don't know how to analyze the data? If these are all questions rolling around in your head, don't worry. It's really not that difficult. And it's really important that we do this to figure out why a behavior is occurring. So, ABC stands for antecedent behavior and consequence. And I want to make sure that we all know that consequence is not necessarily negative. It's just whatever happens. So I'm going to use my dog as an example. My dog Buster will go to his treat jar and ask for a treat every single day when I go to leave the house. That is his behavior. The antecedent is me getting my keys and my bag and walking towards the door. His behavior is to ask for a treat, and then the consequence is whatever I do afterwards. If I were to pat him on the head and say, not today, good boy, and leave, that's his consequence. If I give him a treat, that's his consequence. Whatever consequence I'm giving him might be maintaining the behavior. And in that instance, let me tell you, it is because if he goes to his treat jar and looks at it, I will always give him a treat. He will always get the consequence of getting the thing that he asked for. So my consequence is maintaining his behavior. I hope that makes sense. Because I've given him a treat every single time, he's now learned that the behavior of walking to his treat jar will get him what he wants. So that's why it's really important to take this ABC data in the first place You can really look at all the different consequences a student is getting from their behavior and figure out if any of those consequences are maintaining the behavior. But it's also really important because we want to know why the behavior is happening. Let's take another example. Let's say you have a student that every time you give them a writing task, they rip up the paper and throw their pencil across the room. 
Let's say you assume that that behavior is a task avoidance behavior. You think, oh, writing might be really difficult for them. Let me try and get some supports in there. Let me try and reduce the amount of writing they have to do. Let me get some support from my occupational therapist to use a slant board and a special grip. So you're putting all these interventions in place to help him complete the task. But maybe the reason he was ripping up his paper and throwing the pencil was an attention-seeking behavior. Maybe he actually wanted you to come over and engage with him, and that was an effective way of getting it done. You're trying to put an intervention in the place that is not actually targeting the behavior, so it's not going to be effective. So it's really important that we know why a behavior is occurring before we can start intervening on it. And the best way to do this is taking ABC data. So my, I think the best way to set up an ABC data sheet is already have a bunch of things pre-filled. This is really going to help with that piece of how do you find time to collect data during the day. I didn't want to have to sit there and write a bunch of anecdotal notes during my day in the classroom. I wanted her to have a data sheet already ready with a ton of check boxes. I'm just really quickly making check marks throughout the day. And then later, when my students have gone home, I can actually look back and analyze what occurred. So I'm going to walk you through all the columns I like to put in my data sheet. And don't worry, I have a blog post with this same layout, and there are some examples of data sheets in there. So if you want to visually see it, you can go to the link in the description and take a peek, but this podcast will walk you through it. So the first column, and I always made my sheets horizontal. That first column would always have staff initials. So I really like to have staff take put their initials so I knew who took that data. So for example, if I saw that the behavior was only documented by one staff member, that kind of gave me two things. Maybe the rest of my staff isn't taking accurate data, which is going to be hard for me to get a clear picture, or maybe there's something about that particular staff member and the way they're interacting with the student that is making that behavior happen. Either way, it can be really helpful to know who's taking the data to help me pinpoint any issues that could be occurring. The second column is going to be time. So there are two different ways that you can do this. You can just have a blank box and you can have the person jot in the time. Or if the behavior is happening really frequently, you can already have time blocks. So if I had a student that maybe engaged in the behavior three times a day, I might have open boxes and the staff member would just write down 9.27 a.m. But if I had a student that had the behavior happen 40 times a day, maybe I'd already have times laid out. So the whole sheet would be for the day and there'd be time blocks that said 7.30, 7.45, 8 o'clock, 8.15. And in that instance, instead of just writing the behavior when the behavior occurs, I would document all the behaviors that occurred during that block. So the difference is if you have a student who throws this pencil a couple times a day, maybe you're just writing the time in your sheet and then you're writing that he threw his pencil. But if you're having a student who's maybe engaging in a lot of different behaviors at a lot of different times of the day, at 7.30, that very first 15-minute increment of your day, you can go into the data sheet and then check every behavior you saw during that time. And that can help make those really overwhelming behaviors that are just happening nonstop be a little bit easier to track. 
The next part that I like to have is your setting. So examples might include uh, the classroom, the hallway, your cafeteria, your playground, uh, transition time. I like to have abbreviations and we could just quickly circle where it happened. I would also have another column that said activity. So examples would be break, whole group, small group, independent work, lunch. Again, I have those initials and at the bottom of my, of my sheet, I'd have it all written out. But it'd be so easy for my staff member to go in and just circle, oh, it happened in the classroom during a whole group activity. Two circles and I've gotten good information. I also like to have all behaviors listed in columns on the data sheet. So I would have every single thing, disruption, aggression against adults, aggression against peers, self-aggression, property destruction, any of those behaviors I was seeing, I'd have them listed up with little check boxes. So again, my assistant could go and say, okay, it happened in the classroom, it happened during a whole group activity, and we saw property destruction and self-aggression. Circle, circle, check, check. It took her six seconds to fill out, and I have really good information about what's happening. Some other things I put in there is levels of support. So you might have students where sometimes their behavior just requires your intervention. So just one staff member intervening. Maybe their behavior requires two staff members for safety. Maybe their behavior requires multiple staff members and a safe space. If there are different levels of support they need depending on the intensity of the behavior, have all of those written out at the bottom. So explain what a level one support is, explain what a level two support is, and then you can circle it and that'll help you know with a student whose behavior is at a wide variety how often was their behavior occurring at a level three, the most intensive support? I've also had sections in there if I've had to call the intervention team. So I could track of how many behaviors happened during the day and how many times that I have to have outside intervention come in. I also would have consequences listed in there. So it's really important with this one to have every consequence that's occurring happen below. So maybe you know that you want your staff to be just using planned ignoring, but maybe you're, we have a staff member that will always talk to the student. And it's important to have both of those on there so that way you can accurately track what's happening. And I like to have all of everything spelled out at the bottom. So when I told you earlier that uh, one of my behaviors might be property destruction, at the bottom of my data sheet, I would explicitly explain what property destruction is. The reason that I like to do that is if anybody else picked up my data sheet, I wanted them to be able to understand exactly what it meant. And that just really helped everybody stay on the same page. So if my assistant is circling disruption at the bottom it explains what a disruption is and that makes sure that would help me make sure that she when she did, said disruption it really meant what I meant as disruption and that just keeps everybody on the same page so the great thing about when you collect this data is once you have it all collected it's a lot easier to see exactly what is happening what environments and activities that's happening and what consequences are maintaining it you can collect the data for a week, sit down on a Friday afternoon, and then look at all the data and see patterns. So maybe you collected data 40 times and 30 of those times the behavior happened during whole group. That's going to tell you right there, maybe there's something about that whole group setting that is making the behavior more likely to occur. You can look and maybe it feels like there's a ton of property destruction, but during those 40 data points, there was only two instances of 
consequences of property destruction. Maybe that's not the biggest behavior that you're intervening on. Once you can have all of that laid out, you can start to get a clearer picture of the environments, the staff members, the activities that's happening with, what behaviors are actually happening the most, and what consequences seem to be maintaining it the most. And this is going to be the perfect way to jump into doing your FBA, your functional behavior assessment or analysis. It's really going to help you fill that out and feel a little bit more confident in describing why the behavior is happening and guiding an intervention. It does not need to be nearly as scary as it sounds. And if this whole thing made you go, what? Go look at those examples. It might even be helpful to go look at a sample ABCG and my blog and then go back and listen to this podcast again to get a clear explanation of what each column meant. But this really can be so, so helpful. Like I said, I was really nervous to put out my first behavior-based podcast. So if you enjoyed this one and you found it to be helpful, I would greatly appreciate for you to reach out and let me know what you thought. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.